Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. This episode of Life as an Observer is made possible by patron support. If you'd like to support this program, you can visit patron.podbean.com backslash life as an observer to learn more. Today on Life as an Observer, I get to speak with my friend Anya, Anya Amador, who is an artist, a public speaker, and someone who really lives deliberate creation in her own life. She exemplifies how to utilize meditation and laws of attraction principles to really manifest things into her own life and teaches that to others. Anya is an amazing mural painter, large-scale paintings and on canvas, but she's also creating community through her mural mazes. She's creating spaces for healing through her retreats. And Anya's story of her own evolution into deliberate creation and her own evolution into doing and manifesting her dream life is really, really powerful. She shares that with us today on deliberate, uh, her deliberate creation journey on Life as an Observer. I'm really excited for you to hear this and to be a part of it. Um, all of her information is in the show notes below. Um, where you can find her and where to find information about an upcoming retreat that her and I are doing together. Take a listen, and I look forward to your feedback. Enjoy today's episode with Anya Amador. Hello. Hey, sorry, I'm a few minutes behind and had to reschedule. That's okay. That's okay. Well, I'm glad you're here. It's been forever since I've seen you. Where are you at right now? Which part? Are you on East Coast, right? Or the West Coast? Yep. I'm in Tampa. Yeah. I just got back home. I was in South Carolina and got home two days ago and just been trying to catch up on everything. I had imagined. I'd imagine that as as things starting to open up, that your schedule is starting to get even more packed, right? Totally. And then I had this like ocean ceiling mural that blew up and I got like, it went viral in a bunch of different places. So I've got tons of messages to respond to in murals, uh, books, lots of really cool things that came from that. That is, I actually saw that. I saw your time lapse, which I like. I like it when I can see the time lapse. I'm sure a lot of people do because it's just kind of fun, even though... You know, you're in there for days and days and days. We get to like see the excitement of, uh, you know, a couple seconds, <laughs> a, few, totally. a few seconds. So, um, boy, man, yeah. I guess I, I want to start where we. I guess where we left off. So I'm I'm not no longer in Florida. You're there, but I'm no longer mm-hmm. in Florida. And I think we both made some some massive changes um, when things started to shut down. Now, I know we're opening up. Are you getting ready to go back on tour anytime soon? I am. Um, I'm not doing my traditional band tours, but I am going to do a pretty long festival run. I've got five festivals before the end of the year. And then murals mixed in between those things. Uh, another art and meditation retreat lined up in November. 
followed by a trip to Costa Rica in December. So I'm pretty yeah. much maxed out for the rest of the year. We're going to talk about that, that meditation retreat in a little bit. I, I'm definitely interested to, to hear about what's happening. So those who, who maybe don't know you, now maybe you don't even know this, but I, I talk about you on the podcast a little pretty often. I say we've had a few. I actually had um, a couple episodes ago, I had Tom Denard on the, on the show from the Hostel in the Forest. So we got to talk a little bit. And, nice. and I've been doing... Um, I, I do a lot of breath work, but I incorporate deliberate creation. I can incorporate um, even focus wheels into that breath work cycle and sort of just bringing that, that magnetism that comes from our nervous system activation amplified mm -hmm. with intention and like it, send it out to the field, you know, and um, I've actually, I've shown off a few pictures of, of what a focus wheel looks like and what your definition of a focus wheel looks like. I mean, there, it, it's all just a tool, but um so I've sent a few people your way. So those who, who uh, are looking for you, I know that you 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 still have your social web with with your art, but do you still you're still doing a lot of stuff with deliberate creation on your deliberate creation site? I am. I'm in the process of um, releasing a new workbook this year hmm. and just kind of revamping some of that material, but it's all still there. It can be found at deliberatecreation.life. Um, I also have my website, anyaamador.com, which links to everything that we'll probably yeah. talk about today. So that's the easiest to go to. And then the Deliberate Creation Facebook group is still active, you know, and that's yes. just a place for anybody that wants to go and share what they're focusing on or have a conversation about this topic. So Anya, you're a full-time artist. I, I wrote down the things that I think you are, but I'm going to let you tell me who <laughs> you think you are. I guess we all have our own narratives of what others think we are. But, you know, as an artist, a deliberate creator, I think of you as a performer and a retreat facilitator and leader and meditator, um, you know, just to name a few of the things that you that you get into. And I, you and I met, I don't know how many years ago, and it was, it was at a little place in Orlando, Florida called The Social. And um, I don't even remember which band was playing, honestly, Anya. I, it, it was, you know, a, a swirl of, of reggae music and some other things, and you were painting something, and, and we, we talked for a moment. And then I think we, we end up rendezvousing after that in a little place called Camp Funky Love <laughs> mm -hmm. in, the in the middle of uh, Swanee, and I believe it was during the Purple Hatters Ball. And I'm going to I'm going to share a little bit about this just because you may not know, have known the impact that it made on me, but um, I was uh, working through a few things um, at that time had to do with love, life, creation, partnerships, you know, whatever, this is all the stuff that we, we all kind of work through. Right. And um, I woke up in the morning and you and a, a, a friend of ours, Stacy, were getting ready to meditate and you put on, um, you put on some Abraham Hicks and you just put on, which, to me became a big, big thing that just a morning rampage, 15 minutes of just like, get your day started. Right. And that particular track, I hadn't never, I had never heard it. And you know, those who dig deep into Abraham Hicks work, you'll find that that's a pretty popular one, but I hadn't heard it yet. And from that day afterward, um, I listened to that almost, almost every day. And I will say probably every day, at least twice a day, driving back and forth to my um, corporate job because I needed momentum. I needed something to move me past where I felt stuck and to start creating. And at the end of that, we'll say it was maybe a year or so is when I decided to pack up, move to India. And, and that's really kind of what that inspired action from that track that you introduced to me brought back was like, Hey, 
you can listen all day long, but if you don't take some action, it's just words here. And so I was, I was called to say, pack up, go and get out. And I know that you've had a lot of, a lot of those types of moments. And I was going to kind of lead us down that road a little bit about moments where we have to take inspired action. And I, your story, I've heard it several times because we've done several retreats together, but I think your story with, you know, doing what you love and finding a way to make it work with the RV is, is a really impactful one. Um, I would love to, to, to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm happy to share with everyone. It's, it's an evolving story, right? It's, yeah. it's life experience. It's just unfolding, but it has been very exciting to see the connection between my own focus and what's happened. And it started back when I was in Tallahassee. I'd gone to school at Florida State. And after graduating, I started a marketing company. I had a lot of big clients and was really grinding hard to try to establish this business and help all of these other business owners grow their companies utilizing social media. But I just felt worn out as an artist and a creative inside and paying rent in an art studio. I was never able to visit and, you know, not really having that spark as light as I know it could be. I wanted to make a change and I was looking for a vehicle, a way to reach a lot of people and a way out. And next thing you know, some of my interns were going to music festivals and they introduced me to the owner of a giant LED Ferris wheel called the Wheel of Lights. And the owner needed a website and marketing services and saw that I was also an artist and offered the opportunity to set up my art next to the Ferris wheel at some of these events. And keep in mind, I had never been to a music festival. I had no idea what this opportunity entailed, but this is one of those examples of inspired action. I had put it out there in the universe that I wanted to change and here, I mean, seemed like that vehicle, the biggest, brightest thing that would be showing up to these places. Mm. So I, I answered the call. I pushed all my clients off my platform, went on tour with the Ferris wheel, packed up my apartment and art studio and just went on the road. And I learned a lot. I started to see like all these other artists that are monetizing their craft and getting paid to live painted festivals. And on that journey, I met my business partner, Christopher Morpus who was already painting with several well-known reggae bands that just so happened to be music that I had been listening to for years, wondering how could I work with these guys? It'd be so cool to get to know them and get to spread their message through my art to meeting Chris, who did in fact know them, was already painting on stage to then him and I starting a company together and a whole side project where we're creating art live at these shows. And I'm standing next to those bands in front of thousands of people living that dream. So Several years doing that in my Kia Soul. I'm traveling around. That's when I met you. Was it when you had the Kia Soul full of canvases and a small dog? (laughs) Totally, totally. Small dog is still around. (laughs) Livy Lou. So um, I eventually outgrew that vehicle, yet the funds to be able to upgrade just were not there. And this gave me a perfect opportunity to apply what I know about the law of attraction and the power of my own focus. And instead of allowing all the reasons why that was impossible, or totally against the odds, given my current conditions, you know, I went for it. And it started with a process in my mind of breathing through the frustration over where I still was taking that one last tour in my Kia Soul doing 10,000 miles in three weeks. And instead of just like complaining about having to sleep in a parking lot, I was like, I'm so grateful for this gas mileage. This might be the last time that I'm ever able to see these mountains because I might be sleeping in my RV next year. You know what I mean? And so I just appreciated that journey from 
knowing that I had this need that I had to meet somehow and getting there. And within two and a half months of this visualization practice, this extreme gratitude every day for what was working and where I knew I was headed and the relentless belief that the universe had my back and that even if things looked so far from where I wanted to be, that somehow um, it would unfold. Sure enough, had a friend reach out, loaned me $10,000. I had sold $7,000 worth of art and had some money donated, came up with a $20,000 down payment. And most importantly, found the perfect travel vehicle, this small RV that fit in a parking space that had bunk beds that could store all my gear. I mean, this was just so far from my reach only a matter of months before this, including the fact that people told me I'd never find an RV that met those specifications. You know, they don't even make small RVs with storage. Yeah. Yet here, here it was parked in my driveway with everything I could have ever possibly needed and a perfect physical example of having a desire that you allow to be a reality before it ever happens in your mind and in your practice. And then you take those inspired actions to create that reality. It's, it's an amazing story to hear and just to hear you say it again too, because you still say it with conviction, like, wow, I just watched things happen for me again. And I think it's that, that deliberate creation comes from the feeling, right? It doesn't come from the thinking. It comes from the feeling and that's we're We're feeling it again. Like as though, it's, it's happening right now, you know, where we're like, oh, I'm in that, like the chemicals start to go through your body and you're like, oh, that, that is happening. That's that serotonin. That's that happiness that's coming out just by telling your story. And I, I think that's where a lot of people get stuck though. And, and, you know, you, you and I have both seen that. Maybe you can tell me sometimes when, when you've, we've been stuck or you've seen someone stuck, but where they go, how do I, I'm in such a bad place or I'm such in a hard place how can I get into the feeling good when nothing as good is happening for me? You know, I'm, 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 I'm right mm -hmm. here and yeah, I want to listen to you, but like I have the job I don't like the, the relationship. I don't like the, the money I don't have. How do I step into that next place where I can feel something coming for me? Yeah. Sometimes the gap between where we are and where we want to be doesn't even seem manageable. You know, it just seems insurmountable. And we have to realize that from that vantage point, if we stay viewing the situation on these current conditions from this perspective, then that cycle of energy will just continue and be highly unlikely we'll be able to move. But if we're able to, on a just moment to moment basis, release a little bit of resistance about any subject, not just what we're focusing on, but just with your breath, even releasing resistance about this moment and being present here and now, and then realize that it's not a jump to like make a hurdle over that gap. It is working your way up an emotional scale. And it's okay if you're in a negative place today and in tomorrow, you're a little bit less negative. Maybe the next day you're irritated the next day after that you're okay you know yeah. and maybe then it goes to happy excited and you're just i think that what happens with people is they get really discouraged when the thought of going from this really negative place to like super happy is what they think they have to do and if we remember that any effort to feel better is that much less resistance it's a smaller gap you know we're closing yeah. the gap even if it's one step by step from where we are and where we want to be if we make the effort so i, I go just like abraham says i go general you know, I go outside, appreciate the sunshine. I always start with my breath. That's the most important step to be able to regulate how you feel and recenter is to ground back in with that process of breathing, you know? So 
it's like our only it's really our it's our gateway to our autonomic nervous system and mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't realize that we can regulate the things that we once thought we couldn't regulate we can do that utilizing this one tool and i, I wanted to to hint on something that abraham she said um she compared what you were just saying to the locks that are in the panama canal one time i heard her say that that she said that you know you, you pull up to the locks in the channel of the panama canal and the next lock is 80 feet and there's no way that that giant cruise ship or giant boat is going to jump from one lock to the other it's just not possible but what they do is they start to fill the one lock up and then you move into the next place and then you fill the lock and you move into the next place and when they finally get to that 80 feet difference or whatever it is there's not even a ripple in the water it's just moving into the next place and I, I really liked that, that analogy because I, I, well, I've been through that and I've seen it and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So when I'm just saying, I need this now, I need this now, all, all I'm doing instead of actually putting a request out there is pushing it further away because I'm in resistance. So moving right. into what you just said, something that you, even if you're feeling like there's nothing to be grateful for, you can look at your hands and go, I have hands, right? You know, mm -hmm. I, 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 you can look at your, your, you can feel your heart beating or you can feel your breath and just go, I can breathe. Like others can't, don't have that same luxury. Right. And yeah, totally. it's and in doing that, I just want to say that in making that effort to shift your focus, even if it's an acknowledgement of your hands or in your ability to breathe, it's time that you're not spending stressing about whatever you were 20 minutes mm. before, you know, right. it's about turning off that momentum and shifting to something else. So Abraham does also talk about like listening to the water drip or it, it doesn't always have to be like, I've got to get into this state of meditation or, you know, cause some people are really far from that in that moment. They just need an instant relief. And it could be as simple as shifting your focus to whatever it is. For me, my breath is always accessible. I might not be able to go outside. There might not, it might be raining outside. Sunshine might not be available, yeah. but always I can feel the air circulating through my body and in focusing on my breath, I'm not focusing on what's not going right. And if that's all you can do in that moment is just turn off the momentum. It's not even about activating or turning on this other reality. It's just about eat. I think that's how you get up through the locks. Like you said, is to just be present and realize where you're building momentum, you know, where's the energy and that focus. Heaven. Yeah. So, so it's a daily practice for you, right? To just, I mean, I think breathing obviously is a daily practice for all of us. We may not realize that we're doing it because our nervous system sometimes takes over and goes, you need to calm down. So you go, okay, but that's, that's you really saying, okay, I'm sending these, these messages to my brainstem, you know, that wants to, to run and the norepinephrine that's going through my body that's causing anxiety. I'm, I'm replacing that with, with melatonin and some other things. And we're just saying, okay, this is me working on myself. And I, I we've talked about this a lot, a lot in retreats, but I wanted, we create that environment within us. And I want to talk about what it really means to deliberately create not just that environment within us, but that deliberate creation just in general. I mean, that's the name of your website. That's some of the, the, the principles that you that you that you push. What does deliberate creation uh, mean? Wow, it's like a lot to unpack. But yeah, yeah, I think that a lot of us get on autopilot you know, and we're not deliberately creating at that point, we're allowing our current conditions and exterior circumstances to dictate how we feel, and how we feel creates our reality. So deliberate creation is an awareness of those feelings, and that law of the universe, it's happening at all times. And it's an effort 
to mindfully craft those feelings, to, to dictate them and not, you know, allow them to dictate you. And that comes with practice in several different forms. For me, my deliberate creation process and practice is a combination of meditation where I'm going back to the breath. And that could range anywhere from five to 30 minutes, you know, but I try to at least give some attention every single day to feeling that process of shifting the energy through my body so that when I'm in the stoplight or something sets me off or I'm, you know, in an emotion that I want to shift from, it's easier to do so because I've practiced being in that headspace already earlier in the day, you know, and ultimately you get better at anything that you practice. So I've let go of the idea that meditation is this activity and this another thing on my to-do list. I remember Mm. that it's a state of mind that I can be aware of and tap into at any time, at any place, just by going back to my breath. And the more I do that intentionally and in a focused manner, the easier it's going to get. So meditation, huge key. Two is the visualization side of um, deliberate creation. And that's where we're going there vibrationally in our minds, not with the lackful vibe of wanting or needing, but with the satisfied energy of I've got it. It's already been fulfilled. I'm in this present state. And sometimes I don't know exactly where I'm going or what that looks like, but always I know what it feels like. I want any of the things I want because I want to be happy. And I can list 10 things right now that could get me to that happy, good feeling place. And that's sometimes like that might be the best I can do that day. Other times I get very specific. I know exactly what I want. And I know I might not know how to get there, but I know how awesome it's going to be on the other side. And I can start visualizing those realities in the present tense. That I like how you just said that too, because I, I, I get asked it, it often. I like that you said jumping into the feeling what it is going to be like when that arrives. You just kind of said, you know, what's it going to be like? And that's the feeling. If you don't have anything to be grateful for around you, you can jump into the feeling of what it will be like when you receive that $20,000. Like, ah, I know what that's going to feel like. That's going to make me smile, right? And then you start to go into the, that chemicals within the body, which is um, a really nice way. So sounds like meditation. I, I also really like that you said it can be anywhere between five and 30 minutes. So there is not like a requirement on your meditation. Like it needs to be this time every day for this amount of time to this type of music with this guided thing, utilizing this breath work that it's different every day. And I think a lot of people get hung up in that where they get hung up in, I just can't meditate and I can't mm-hmm. quiet my mind. And I would say that we're not trying to quiet our mind at all. We're actually just trying to observe it and, and just oh, slow yeah. down our nervous system to where we can move from our even beloved analytical thinking, like even like our alpha and beta mm-hmm. waves where we're like way up here in like conscious mind to going into more subconscious mind reprogramming. And that's why you know, people are always looking for this latest and greatest thing, you know, like show me the new way to get enlightened. But the truth is it's ancient and it's, it's, <laughs> it's just, let's go back to yeah. basics here. Like it's not about this. Like if you wear this bracelet at the full moon, reading the Tibetan book or the whatever, mm-hmm. that you're going to somehow get enlightened. Like it's about go back to the basics, right? You were talking about just find something to focus on, whether it be a sound or a smell or a mm-hmm. whatever, like, because I would imagine in some of the environments that you're in, if you're on tour with a band or if you're like mm-hmm. driving and you're all, you know, that you have maybe not as much downtime in quiet, perfect, serene meditation environments, which is always mm-hmm. great when you do. But like you might you might be like at a concert venue somewhere and you need to get like uh 
you know, get ready for that particular channeling, if you will, the, the creative energy within you to get ready for that event. Can you talk about what to do when it's just chaos everywhere at a festival and you're trying to channel creative energy? Yeah, totally. And this kind of ties into the last part of my process. I touched on the meditation, then the visualization side, and then there's the actual written side of it, which mm -hmm. is a huge part of my overall meditation because that's what it is when I'm going from my mind to the pen to the paper. I'm 100% present in that moment. It same reason why they tell you to write things down that you want to remember. We took notes in high school, like this mm -hmm. um, idea that you will retain the majority of which that comes, that makes it to the list. You know, I even find with my tasks that uh, things are 80% more likely to get done if they've gone from my mind to an actual task list, even if mm -hmm. I never check it back off, just the writing it down. So I've applied that to my meditation practice in a way that if I can't get focused just through my breath or in addition to practicing, focusing on my breath, I'll come to that pen or paper or my iPad, or even just grab whatever's around in the moment and let a few thoughts run from my mind, you know, out through the pen. And it may be it's words. It could be just a picture visualizing something that I'm wanting to happen already completed. Like there's me and there's my client. They love their new painting and that deal's closed or that task is complete. And it's just another way to help build momentum around those realities and practice the feelings of the things you want to accomplish is to write those down. So that's a good way. If I'm in a festival and I can't, can't get quiet or there's a lot going on around me, I go back to my journaling and I let that be my deliberate creation and my meditation where I can at least set an intention for that practice, even if it's just five minutes and a bunch of stick figures. I'm saying that for the next few minutes, I'm going to practice the feelings of my intended reality. And I'm going to let whatever words or anything come to mind, just come out in that physical form. And wow, it's so powerful. I'd say that that is one of the single most important steps out of all of them to really, and it's one a lot of people skip because they're like, oh, I meditated about it. I've been thinking about it. It's cool. But if you visualize in the written form, it takes it to an, a new level. It really does. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I do uh, focus wheels often um, when it comes to major decisions in my life. I think that, 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 it's, that it's key for me to see it. But I, what you said about checking things off, that just feels good, right? When you, when you write something, I've done it before where like I get something done that wasn't on my list and I write it on my list anyway, just so I can check it off. Hundred <laughs> percent. Mm -hmm. Like okay, yeah, totally. yes, I did that. I wasn't even planning it, and it just feels really good to say I did that, and it moves me. It keeps moving me in that momentum, and I, I talk about momentum a lot. Like from the minute you get out of bed, like don't hit this news button, and like don't look at your phone, and let's let's keep momentum because that's really where we start to draw. I think Joe Dispenza calls it remembering your future. He's you know he says we just we, mm -hmm. we move into uh, this this place where we remember our future and, and bring it closer to us. And yeah, he's been a, some of his talks have been a really influential and in, in deliberate creation as well. He's not really known as necessarily the law of attraction teacher, but his principles are the same where it's like, we need to shift our, we need to shift our vibrations. We need to move away from all that stuff we don't like to the stuff that we do like. So um, yeah, I've been a bit, I just read his book, uh, recently we did a, a, did a book club with the, the becoming supernatural book and it was fantastic. Lots of science and lots of geeking out on things mm -hmm. that are, it makes this, um, less mysticism and more really mm -hmm. like, this is how we should be living. Maybe our ancient ancestors knew this already and we just sort of lost it through 
who knows what i'm not gonna say translation i'd say we lost it just through being lazy but mostly and, and technology made us sort of lazy but i know you use technology to to to, to do focus wheels you, you used to do a lot of youtube videos um and and those are out there which are which are pretty neat i uh, i it's on uh, i think the page is deliberate creation right if i remember right just on mm -hmm. youtube yep and yep. and i've done a few of those i know when um I've shown some of your pictures to people. They go, well, I'm not an artist, so I can't do this. I'm like, yes, you can. Just draw the little swirl and, and you know, you put a little vortex in the middle and you draw a few little things. And it's really more about not what it looks like, but what it feels like, right? A hundred percent. It is not about the art of it at all. Yeah. It's about what it feels like when you're creating and just getting into that zone and how just much more connected you can be when you're in that written flow you know, and present with that practice. I want to touch on something else you said about like, I, I agree, Joe Dispenza has absolutely bridged the gap between spirituality and science and in this realm. And I love that he resonates with people that want to understand this on a molecular level, you know, yeah. not just from personal experience. So he's been a huge teacher and influence uh, for me as well. And I don't think any of these teachers are really advocating for suppressing negative emotion, although I do think that that's a common misconception in let's call it the law of attraction, you know, community that it's just about moving away from negative emotions and not acknowledging the bad and positivity pushing. Whereas I think it's the complete opposite. It's about perspective and how we go about processing mm -hmm. those negative experiences or before um, we've been conditioned to run back through the mud, cycle back through the, all of the details until we somehow figure it out. And we come to it from that same perspective that initially made us feel bad, where this is you know, applying you know, this concept. It's about feeling your way through those experiences coming to them from a completely different vantage point that might allow you to gain some kind of new understanding and knowing that it might take time to do that. I'm not avoiding it in this moment, but I am setting it aside until I can feel better about even processing what happened. I know if I come to it now where there's so much negative momentum building that I'm going to only further that cycle, you know? So I think just teaching people that you don't need to brush it under the rug, but it is absolutely okay to set it aside and come back to it from a different perspective and mm -hmm. a different vibration. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, the negative emotions don't feel good. I think we, we hear things like saying, well, just turn towards something that feels better. And that's called uh, spiritual bypassing, or they call it whatever, mm -hmm. whatever names mm -hmm. they want to give on it. Um, I think in, in Joe's teachings, he really says like that thing of the past, it doesn't serve you creating in, in, in this moment now. And it doesn't, mm -hmm. um, and, and what you're worried about in the future is unpredictable. So let, let's come back to this eternal now. But it doesn't mean you can't recognize that, hey, all this stuff that I went through brought me here. It's kind of like that moving sidewalk um, analogy, right? Where we, you can take, you can stop, you can turn around, you can walk the opposite way, you can sit down, but you're still being pulled on your path forward. And we can still look at the time when I sat or the time when I turned away or the time that I sat and cried and say, hey, these, these were bad times, but look where I am now. I'm, I'm, I'm further down the road. And I, I think, that is, in a way, gratitude. Just saying, look where I'm at on my path. You know, I'm, I'm. Sure. I didn't get stuck. Appreciating, yeah. Yeah. Acknowledging the experience is just that. It's just a journey with not some like ultimate destination where we have it all figured out, but finding value in all of the experiences, even the negative ones. And that takes time. Some people are really hurt or damaged by whatever. You know, sometimes it's pain where they feel it in this physical moment. So denying that or getting outside of that or moving past it in some way just is so difficult because it's very present. 
you know, and in those instances, it comes with practice. It comes, you know, that's where your breath work and your daily commitment to controlling your own energy comes into play when those current conditions are so strong that you can't help but vocalize it or talk about it. Or even if you wanted to move past it, something keeps coming up, you know, and in those times too, I ask myself, well, why, why is it still coming up? Is there still a point of attraction within me, even if it's subconsciously that's bringing my attention back here and how can I deal with it in a way that's going to allow me to effectively move forward. So I don't have to go back here again, Yeah, you know, but it, does that mean traditional talk therapy of just talking and talking and talking, or does it mean having holding on to anger for the people that hurt me or just feeling that that is going to somehow make me feel better? I think those are very old and outdated ways of processing this life experience. And we yeah. found even just through science that we are changing the, the cells in our bodies with our own vibration and you know so we, got, we have to take some responsibility for that as well yeah i i have used um i've used the focus wheels to manifest things like jobs um where to move like when i was caught in like a situation where i was like where am i gonna go i don't even know especially around like pandemic uh, you know we quarantined everything up and it was like well i can't go to costa rica now i can't do this now i can't go there what should I do? And so instead of using analytical mind, which wants to like tell you all the bad, and <laughs> maybe all the unknowns, moving into where we, where we talked about inspired action, just receiving thought rather than thinking so much through it. And you did that with your, uh, with your RV and I'm sure with other things, including um, a very large in art installation that you have coming up a very in the very near future, which I'm really excited for you to talk about because I've watched it go from a few paintings from a couple of friends to a very, a very prestigious place to put your artwork, at least I think so. And, um, you know, I'm actually kind of back at manifesting a mobile vehicle too, because I'm getting ready to be on the road more. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit too. But as I move back into a uh, uh, normal swing of things, I'm finding that my calling is probably doing more of like the retreats and workshops on the road and with my breath work and cold immersion, all that stuff is, is really taking me beyond my little community here in Southern Utah to all over. And so I, I, I need to put together how I'm going to do that, take the dog just like you and like figure it out because I, I, my Jeep is not going to really serve me the purpose that I need to. So, so yeah, I'm working through all that. But so you, you have a, an art installation coming out if, a, if I can kind of go down that road about the mural maze. Now I, you tell the story much better and you know it much better than I do, but where essentially half of a piece of a festival is, is all your creation with your friends. And, you know, it's your, it's your brainchild, but like it is your creation. And it became a place where people spend hours, if not days going in and out of, to really connect to themselves, to connect to the artwork. And, um, and it's also a really great place and outlet for artists to, especially in a time where it's been difficult to travel or be in art shows or galleries, this is massive, Anya, like that, that, that people can come into. Will you tell me a little bit, if you will, just the, the history of Mural Maze at Halloween and what's happening this year? I know that's your next like upcoming, like big yeah. project. Totally, totally. The Mural Maze is definitely a good example of a powerful manifestation that started as just an idea. I had attended my first music festival, Purple Hatters Balls, we mentioned earlier at Swanee Music Park. And it was right before I went on tour with the Ferris wheel. That was like my first festival to break it in and see what this festival life was going to be all about before I went and did a bunch of major ones that summer. And 
being in that those really special festival grounds at Swanee and just seeing how people were interacting with the live art that was there, I knew that this could be taken to a much bigger scale and that ultimately I wanted to create an interactive art installation that people could walk through, that could grow and evolve. And I had no idea at the time, but I did have this vision and I got received the name The Mural Maze. So at that festival, I told some of the other artists, guys, I've got this cool opportunity with this Ferris wheel. I think it's gonna grow. Eventually I wanna build this mural maze and I just see us all being involved somehow. And some of those artists were Christopher Morphis I mentioned earlier and Andy Reid um, was another artist that ended up playing an integral role that first year. But anyway, so that was in February. And then come October of that same year, Paul Levine, the producer of Halloween, reached out and connected me with the art director. And they wanted me to just paint a big wall on the front of what's called Spirit Lake, this area where all of the art installations live. And I came out and I hired Andy Reid and another friend, Kevin Vigil. And we did the whole 20 eight by four panels all by ourselves. And it's about 600 square feet. And the next year, they hired me back to do another entrance wall. And I realized that they still had the same pieces from the year before. And they used those pieces for another wall inside of Spirit Lake. So by the third year, I had a whole nother set of entrance walls and all the old ones. And I formed these eight by eight triangles. There were six of them that people could walk in and around. Mm. And every year it just kept growing. I was invited back. I've written bigger and bigger proposals. I work with a full build team now to take the old pieces and show me, like figure out how we can restructure them so that they can make a new shape and form and also just present it in a different way for people that have seen them, but yet be totally new. You know, what happens at a lot of these festivals is the art gets created, it either gets sold off or thrown out or, you know, maybe used again. But this has been a beautiful evolution of art that artists have then come back to to contribute to. So they feel this ownership and a part of the mural maze, not, you know, something they just sold off, but something they know that will be appreciated for years to come. I seal each piece and, you know, we do our best to protect them so that they can be used again and, you know, just create a whole new experience for people. So now this will be Mural Maze 8. I have almost 7,000 square feet of beautiful visionary art (laughs) created from artists from all over the world. I have a full-on application process now, so it's definitely expanded beyond just my personal friend group. And now I'm, I'm really passionate about creating the opportunity for other artists to not only create large-scale art like this, but get to witness what happens when 30,000 people are walking through and getting to be one-on-one with your piece in a huge way. You know, the artists themselves are seeing, I've seen so much growth because they're watching how their art is changing people's lives and they hear this huge calling like, whoa, I'm actually meant to do this. And then we have a gallery where they can sell their work and people are paying money for it. And maybe that hasn't happened for a lot of these people before. So it's not just about the people that are walking through the mural maze from a patron perspective, experiencing the festival. It's for the artists that have come through every year and realized their own potential from having opportunities like this. So I'm very passionate about yeah. the mural maze and you know, art in general, collaborating, being able to bring in other artists to help them find their own strengths and then just, you know, the ripple effects carrying on. So mural maze eight coming this year at Halloween. It is gonna be hopefully bigger and better than ever in that process right now. How um, many uh, how many artists? Details. How many artists are part of that? So I went from uh, three artists the first year and one build person to now last or two years ago year seven we had a team of 35 people that Mm. included the artists our build crew our assistants our gallery attendants so it's significantly grown and we're constantly 
we're finding resources to make it happen. This is one other thing I'll, I'll mention that I think is important is that throughout this process of wanting to bring this dream to life and, you know, create, just get bigger and create this opportunity. I've been met with a lot of resistance and hurdles along the way, whether they've been financial or, you know, just personally as a leader, my own issues and growth that had to happen through the course of, you know, this uh, project. And I've never let any of that hold me back. I've decided that I'm going to get more and more organized every single year. I take what I learned from the previous year and I implement it so that I can be that much more effective for my team and for everyone else and for myself, you know, so that I can actually enjoy the experience and not get too burnt out because I haven't learned from my mistakes. I feel like there's been so much personal growth. It's worth mentioning. And then two, when the festival tells me they don't have my budget, I just find sponsors. I do not take no for an answer financially. Mm. The universe has plenty of funds to make this happen. And I'm open every single time to figuring out what those are. And this year will be no different. I'm, you know, just really excited to see how it unfolds, even though I don't have all the answers. No, and I think it's good that we don't have the answers, right? <laughs> Let the universe answer it for us to be like, hey, this is my vision. And these are the small little things that I'm thinking about. But then you go ahead and make it specific. I think it's wonderful because there's so many artists out there, even where I live, um, artists who don't know how to sell their paintings. They they try to get it into like a, a local cafe or a local gallery or something and and they're finding that they're not getting the traction maybe that they want and i think that the mural maze is a, an amazing opportunity for those who are um interested first of all you know just to, just to do it but also those who are aspiring and also trying to deliberately create their life in art and i hope that mm -hmm. it and may it go beyond you know that, that mural maze and go may it go to many festivals i don't know if that's what the your end goal is or that's what you're doing this year but but i may just show up at lots of of different regional and national and global festivals because i think it would be a fantastic fantastic thing for art thank you um you know it's this is actually directly connected to another offering that i have at this time so when the mural maze was on hold and COVID happened and we're all back stuck at the studio much like you i had to figure it out and i realized i have this vast knowledge of you know, experience about being a professional artist, about painting large scale murals and about creating and curating these large scale installations. So I created a group art and session and it's mm -hmm. a full on library of art classes, business related. I started with a six session series for artists wanting to monetize their craft, going over everything from marketing to printmaking, to finding new clients, to writing contracts, like really the basics of what it is I do as a professional. I was able to document that content, pull it, get it packaged in a way that could benefit artists from year to come, years to come. So that when I do hit the road again, and might not have as much time to share that information. I, you know, took the time I did have to create that. I just uh, released my murals and more series, which was a four week uh, series about monetizing that craft, how to find those clients and create those mock-ups and proposals that are going to land those big jobs. So in addition to living it and doing it, same with deliberate creation, all of it, I'm just trying to give back because what is this life experience if we just keep it to ourselves and have yeah. that vibe of competition or that lackful vibe of if I give, if somebody else wins, I have to lose. I'm of the opposite mentality that there's infinite resources and abundance, that this is a win-win situation for everyone. And by me lifting up other artists and providing this information and opportunity, like I'm really fulfilling my life's purpose. Yeah, I think- See, I just wanted to mention art and session. Yeah, so, the, and they find that through your webpage. Right. 
Yep, you can find that at artinsession.com. Art in session. Okay, not not at Anyamador. Mm-hmm. Okay. Art in session. You can. There's a link. Yeah, if you go to anyamador.com, there's gonna be a link to all these different things, deliberate creation, art in session. You can also find the classes and available workshops um, that's, at that's, art in session. That's amazing. I'm I'm hoping that the 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 those who are looking for that find this. Maybe that's what why we're talking today. I'm gonna certainly gonna share it to a few others. I think it's um definitely needed. I was thinking that um thinking about Jay Shetty. I don't know if you're familiar with Jay, but he talks about competition and collaboration and how collaboration is a much more powerful resource um and and i uh, you touched on it but maybe not directly saying it but like our that resource of collaboration in turn turns off that idea that there isn't this infinite amount of abundance it's saying i'm going to compete for what's mine rather than saying there's so much we can totally share and make this even better. And, and I think that that's maybe just going a little bit more specific with it, but it's, it's certainly true. And that releases that resistance, like let it go. There's room for millions of artists out there and there's room for millions of, of mural mazes and there's places for us to paint everywhere. And there's ways to be, be creative. You know, I've seen some of yours and some of our, our, our shared friends, you know, that are creating murals in places that we've, if you were to think about it really hard, you wouldn't be painting there. You, you just, you, 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 it has to come to you. I mean, like when you painted the pool, I don't think you were like, I just want to paint a pool. I think it just, it just showed up and you're like, oh yeah, I, I could paint a pool, <laughs> you know, or this particular wall or this particular thing. You know, we always think of like a mural is, oh, a mural must be on a side of a building somewhere, but that is certainly not true with what you're doing. Most of your stuff is very, very, um specific if i'm not mistaken just yeah i've got a lot of unique projects that have not been limited by like what you where you traditionally think paintings happen or where opportunities happen and this is this ties directly back into where you're at right now ryan with wanting to manifest the right travel vehicle that can open the door to this path that you know you're meant to be on and going back to just the openness to there being many different routes to get to the same place in our minds, we can get really set on that one, that one path that looks like the way straight there. We think that if, you know, circumstances or current conditions show us something outside of that vision that we must be on the wrong path or it's not working because I'm not there yet, or it doesn't look like how I thought it would. There are so many different ways to get to that place, you know, um, and our end goal, and we have to trust that if we are laying the vibrational groundwork, we're doing the work, then we are on the right path. And whatever's showing up is just a piece to that puzzle. When you have that like type of faith in the universe, in this process, in yourself, it is amazing how quickly you can get there and how rapidly these things unfold. And it's been everything from, like you mentioned, my RV before, or even the mural maze just being an idea to even just... A month ago, I finished this mural. I had no idea what would happen. I painted a lot of cool things and unique spaces since the space pool. Yet this was an ocean ceiling mural that I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if people will really like it, but let me get there in my mind. And I made a focus wheel, little stick figure, me in the center. And I put like gone viral, 25,000 new followers on Instagram, gone viral on Reddit. And sure enough, I post the mural. It starts to take off. I start to build momentum about like, these opportunities unfolding and it actually happened, like the correlation between what I wrote down and then what was physically unfolding to being willing to say, oh, I didn't reach the exact numbers. Okay, I must be on my way. This must not be over yet. There must be more to this story. Mm -hmm. Instead of just constantly evaluating where I am based on what I see in front of me, I'm like always on the long-term goal and in that 
unwavering faith that if I'm doing the work, then there's another way to get to the same place. And you hit on it too, though, is that, that I think we, us looking at our phones for, um, to, to be validated is actually stopping the momentums, knowing that I always say to people when I'm talking focus wheels or teaching them is close the book. Don't, don't come back to it for a little while. Don't, don't sit there and look at it. Why I don't, I have it because it's, mm-hmm. you've already been heard. You've already, you've already put that vibration out there that you're, that what you want and how it's going to feel. And then, but if you sit there and stare at it all day, wondering why isn't it here? And then, Right. It's kind of like looking at your phone going, I don't have enough likes. Why don't I have enough likes? And of course, it's just not going to it's not going to come to you like that. You need to release mm-hmm. the resistance again and put it all away and know that it is on its way. It's like right. I, it was, it was Apollo Coelho said that Apollo Coelho said um, when you want something bad enough, the whole universe conspires to mm-hmm. make it so or make it happen. You know, yeah, I, in, your, in your favor, in sure. your favor. Yeah. So it's, it's fantastic. So. I know that there's a lot of people out there that want to hear what you have to say and you're, you're you know, you're on tour, you're doing things, you're making mural mazes. Um, they can find you at, um, at Huloween, but tell me about some of the other festivals. If you can talk about them, where are you, where, where are you going to be painting at? Totally. Let me give you a quick rundown. In end of August, I'm actually at home in Florida right now. I'm going to be painting a couple more murals to help fund this adventure. Sure. Um, for the rest of the year, I'm headed to summer camp August 22nd. That's in Illinois, Summer Camp Music Festival. I'll make my way back to Florida after that, maybe pick up a few jobs on the way, um, just mural projects kind of in between these festivals. And then in September, I'm headed off to Resonance Music Festival that is going to be in West Virginia this year. So back okay. up the East Coast, yep, in the RV. And then I'm going to hang out in New Jersey the week after that, hit a music festival in New York. I'll be in Afton, New York the first week of October before I head back to Florida to prepare for Reggae Rise Up and Halloween, which are back-to-back weekends. So I'm actually going to go set up the mural maze, leave, go do Reggae Rise Up, come back to finish setting up the mural maze and then have Halloween. All right. So yeah, quite a jam-packed schedule. I think there's a Reggae Rise Up that happens here in Utah, isn't there? I don't know if they're doing it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Same company, same Reggae Rise Up Utah. It's a good... That's we fine. need to get you on the West Coast so we, so we can link up for sure. Uh, um, totally. Whenever that happens, I know that that um, there's a there's a few festivals that are starting to happen, and and some of them are small, and some of them are a little bit larger. But you know, any, anywhere near Las Vegas or Salt Lake or even um, even down in Phoenix is pretty close. So if you're ever in this direction, you know, we're going to definitely link up. But I know that you're that we we talk shortly, and I don't even have all the information. I was actually waiting for this conversation to talk about this but you you're planning a retreat right after Halloween. way yes. to just pack it right all in on you <laughs> totally i was about to say and after Halloween, that brings us to um evolve art and meditation retreat the name evolve and that's what this weekend is about is about involve evolving as just a human in a creative way so it's going to start it's a four-day retreat thursday night and then friday saturday and sunday and the core of the weekend is about reflecting on where we've been, where we are and where we're going. Mm. You know, maybe that's who we've been, who we are, being present in the moment and then um, shifting into the future. So all of the activities, the art related workshops, um, all of the offerings are based around this flow of evolving through and reflecting upon those different stages. And we hope to finish off the weekend just with a powerful, motivating 
fire lit, you know, for everybody mm -hmm. in attendance to, to move on. And it's so exciting to get back to in-person events. I've really gotten comfortable on Zoom and I love that we've opened up these offerings globally when we can incorporate Zoom in an online option. But just to be back in a physical space is going to be very exciting. I look forward to, um, you know, talking to you more about that and hopefully getting to see some of your listeners in person. Yeah, no, I think that, that you know, those who are that are interested in this work are, are listening now because they're meant to be here, right? They're meant to hear this mm -hmm. and they're meant to say, I need to go do Evolve. So there's plenty of time to think about it. Do you know where you're going to be, where Evolve is already? Yes, I do. It's going to be in um, North Carolina, Hendersonville, North Carolina. Hmm. That's from November 11th to the 14th. And we've rented an amazing cabin. It's perfect spot for that, like, kind of not too cold yet but wintry cabin feel yeah. and really help people to focus on you know what they're there to do that personal and creative growth it's not just for artists there will be some painting offerings and just that being a means of facilitating this evolution over the course of the weekend but certainly open to anyone who's creative or not yeah and that is i just actually just got back from north carolina a little while ago i was there um doing a wim hof method weekend and two days doing that and yeah but i'll be back for for november i'm, I'm actually headed to amsterdam to go train in uh, in january so yeah we both but it, it, that november weekend fits perfect because it's mm -hmm. like that's before i leave awesome. and yeah and it's a great time is it is hendersonville i'm not familiar that's is that close to Asheville? is it it's about an hour outside of Asheville. okay mm -hmm. yeah so so you could fly to Asheville and then and then get your totally. way up there so wicked that's really great and and i'm guessing tickets are going on sale sooner they're not yet for that they are going on sale soon i'll be releasing the package information and everything what's included in those final prices here within the next couple of weeks okay. so you'll be able to find that information again at onyamador.com i'll link everything over to my expansion retreats yeah i'll link your pages on the on the show notes here so they can easily find them at any time whenever they go on sale plus i know when they do go on sale though they can look at my my social media because i will definitely be promoting it also so you know just to, to come out there is it limited how many people you can have so it is this is going to be an intimate small group we're looking at probably about max 12 participants okay um 12 yeah 10 to 10 to 15 and we've got a team of five uh facilitators and instructors and a chef and that way we just um can have a very intimate personal growth experience and then yeah. you know we'll do our best to document some of this material because i think that there's going to be a lot to come up and unpack and we're kind of learning as we go the only thing that's making uh, myself or my business partner chris morphus capable or you know qualified to teach these things is just that we're applying these methods in our own personal life we've seen a lot of growth as we've talked about yeah. here today and we really want to share that with other people yeah I, I know that the last retreat that you and i did together at um in georgia was very impactful for a lot of people it was it was it was it was sort of like let's just figure this out and let's put the pieces together and we don't know what's going to happen with the weekend but we this is you know, it was kind of like well, well, the way we manifest. It's like should be really general. We, we, you know, we want good mm -hmm. feelings. We want there to be yoga. We want there to be art. We want there to be opportunities for growth. We want people to explore on their own if they want free time, and mm -hmm. um, and I think we accomplished that. And it didn't come without a little bit of heartache and headache. But it, but it certainly was. I, I still keep in contact with some of those people that we that came to that weekend. So those who want to come to this because it is intimate don't wait till like hopefully november to to, to get it you're going to know that this is going to be sought after by even people who came to the last retreat may say yeah, i'm totally. i am ready for this now and you know with with it you know the way the technology works with 
email lists and so forth, there's going to be a lot of demand on this and probably future retreats. So I know that we wanted totally. to do this. It just, you know, with the world shutting down, so did retreats shut down. So, um, yeah. well, I, I, I'm excited for that to come out and for that, for, for this to happen now. So I will link your, your websites, plural and your, your Instagrams and so forth. Um, in the show notes. I don't know if you're in a place to to do this right now. Are you in a place to to lead a short meditation or is it? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I usually ask a guest to to at least share something that 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 I don't share. You know, that's something that's a little bit different than than my personal practice because I you know I teach a lot of breath work and I teach a lot of meditations, but we're all unique in a way. And I think. Um, the way you teach about getting into the vibration of creation is unique to you. And I would love for our, the, the listeners to, to hear how you draw us in that direction rather than from what is to what can be. Okay, awesome. That sounds good. Um, I usually just start with five deep breaths to kind of clear everything. I generally close my eyes, especially if I'm in a distracting place. And it's not because you have to, you can just get into a slight gaze, but the point is to focus and to shift the focus back to your breath. So inhaling fully and exhaling fully, using these first few breaths just to move that energy and feeling your way through each breath as your lungs expand and as you exhale and release everything from before this moment. continuing to breathe. We're gonna use our breath as a powerful tool to release the resistance throughout our entire body. Let's start at our feet, inhaling fully and exhaling fully. Letting that air flow up through your legs, calming into your knees. Again, the awareness of your lungs expanding and that air feeding all of the cells, all the oxygen dispersing throughout your entire body, up into your thighs. Let's take a big deep breath into our lower back. Hold a lot of tension here on the release, a big exhale. Just getting more comfortable in this position. Let's breathe up into our spine, another big inhale, using your breath to push that energy up. Exhaling into your shoulders. Again, releasing the tension, relaxing fully. Breathe into our arms, feeling that oxygen move through our forearms the tips of our fingers. Let's take a big deep breath back into our shoulders, into our neck, and now into our mind. Another big inhale, expanding your lungs. And on the exhale, we're gonna clear the space in our mind, picturing everything from the day just flowing out almost imagining an empty room that you've cleared with your breath. Now we're gonna stay here in this space of clarity, of focus, 
of control. Now breathing naturally. And we're gonna align with our highest good, whatever that means in this moment for you. Maybe it's just being relaxed and present and aware. Maybe you're already on the other side of a big goal that you know that you've reached vibrationally. And now you can just milk those feelings of gratitude and excitement. Maybe you're filled with a sense of love and appreciation for yourself and for others in this planet. We're going to use our breath to savor this moment, to build momentum around these feelings. And we'll close with another five deep breaths, continuing to spin the top, to feel that awareness of your breath and the power and control you have in any given moment through this process. Inhaling fully into your belly, into your lungs, and exhaling fully, releasing it all, knowing that this state of mind that we're in right now can be accessed anytime, anywhere. When you're ready, staying present with your breath, you'll come back to this space. Maybe wiggle your fingers and your toes. Just really savoring that sense of awareness and again, control that you're able to practice and harness through this breath work. As Anya, that's always nice to like participate <laughs> sometimes you know just, just just to sit back and say i'm just gonna listen and hear not even hear the words but hear feel the vibration of, of shift and we can do that anywhere that's why i wanted to ask if you were in the space to do that because sometimes we we feel like maybe we're not but we can do that anywhere just creating that mm -hmm. little bit of a shift for five minutes thank you for for coming on and talking and just Telling me all the things you're happy, you're you're doing because I don't think that you know social media gives it all the justice. It just tells the good points, and you know I'm sure that there has been um, positive and contrasting experiences that have happened. To, you know since since the last time we've totally. We, I can't wait to, to reconnect, and we will uh, you know at Evolve, and I, I want to chat with you after we get off here a little bit about that. But um, those who are looking for you, they can just go to your website. I'll link it here. It's anyaamador.com and they can go to the Create in Space uh, website. Also, uh, your uh, Instagram is usually full of lots of fun time lapses and pictures and fun things that you're doing. I, 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 I always, I, it ends up on my feed. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, somehow social media stalking you. I'm not sure, but I, I always, end, I always end up, I always end up with your things, um, which I guess that's how it is, right? That either, either the universe is listening or series listening, but it, it gives us what we need, what we I'm need. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to circle back with you, Ryan. I'm super proud of you and all that you've accomplished mm. and just your own personal growth and willingness to share that with others and everything that's to come. You're just building this beautiful example of everything we talked about here today as you have this opportunity to apply it and to allow this or better to unfold for you. So I'm super stoked for you, man. Thank you so much for this time and this space to get to talk about it. I'm really grateful for you. You're very welcome. Talk to you soon. Thanks.